welcome to the Real Estate Modulus podcast, where we bring you the latest insights and trends in the ever-changing world of real estate. Whether you're a seasoned investor, a first-time buyer, or simply interested in the world of property, our podcast is designed to provide you with valuable information and expert advice. From discussing the latest market trends and investment strategies to exploring innovative technologies and design trends, myself, Dr. Mahmoud al and my co-host, Cecilia Rinaldo, will share our knowledge and expertise to help you make an informed decision in the real estate industry. So please sit back, relax, and join us as we explore the fascinating world of real estate on our podcast. This episode is powered by ThinkProp, the leading Abu Dhabi-based real estate training institute. Whether you're starting your career in real estate or looking to take it to the next level, ThinkProp offers diverse range of courses certified by the Department of Municipalities and Transport, DMT of Abu Dhabi, with both in-person and online classes available at affordable prices. ThinkProp provides flexibility to fit your schedule. This institute is dedicated to developing a stronger real estate industry through knowledge and expertise. Visit ThinkProp website at thinkprop.ae to learn more. And today's episode is all about mortgages. How easy is to secure property finance? What you should be aware of when applying for a mortgage? To clarify all your questions, we have our guest, Sawan Karia, Head of Broker Channel for Huspy. Welcome. Thank you, Cecilia. Thank you, Mahmoud. Appreciate it. Mr. Sawan, he is the Head of ch- uh, Broker Channel for Huspy. Give us a little insight what Huspy is doing in the market. Well, uh, just an introduction to Huspy. Well, uh, Huspy is a, a prop tech company. Um, we are aiming to simplify the mortgage and the home buying process within the UAE and then globally. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the plan. We're, we're certainly backed by some of the really big VCs, uh, Sequoia, Founders Fund, uh, Fifth Wall. Um, mm-hmm. and, and today we're the largest mortgage intermediary uh, in the country. Oh, that's amazing. Wow, well, great. Get, so get straight in. So you're the right person to ask this question. <laughs> I think so. I've got plenty of experience. So. <laughs> yes. We've been hearing a lot about the Fed Reserve raising the interest rate and yes. the UAE Central Bank on the same day raising the interest rate. Yes. Uh, at the same time, we've been seeing the real estate market actually is booming and booming. So the question and traditional question, what is the impact of increasing mortgage rate on real estate market? is really a question that a lot of people ask. So before ask, answering this question, what are the current mortgage rates here in the UAE? So, well, uh, look, right now, uh, it's it's a highly competitive uh, space. Um, you know, liquidity amongst the banks uh, is, is very, very high. Sentiment is high. So, um, you know, some great, great rates available uh, today. Um, for residents on ready properties, you're looking at rates starting at 4.24 up to 4.99%. Mm-hmm. Um, it really depends on whether it's a, a salary transfer, non-salary transfer, a variable fixed rate, etc. But majority of the banking products fit within that range. Um, 
Now, going back to your first question there, uh, yes, the, the, the relationship between interest rates and, and house prices. I guess um, interest rates and house prices share an inverted relationship, right? So uh, when interest rates go up, house prices come down, generally. Uh, you've seen this uh, throughout 2022 uh, in the Western world, you know, Europe, uh, USA, Canada, Australia. The graph is totally inverted. In the UAE, unfortunately, well, fortunately, it's um, it's it's it's, uh, it's 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 a unique situation. Uh, interest rates have gone up, and so has house prices. Mm -hmm. So that's a, that's a great position to be in. And you still see people really looking for mortgages here in the UAE, or we see more of cash buyers, more of people who take the down payment offers from developers. What what is the ratio? We see, um, you know, the latest, it's, it's a very difficult data to decipher, mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. um, there are many emirates within the, the, the UAE and not all publish their results. Um, within ready property uh, mortgages, you also have buyouts or remortgages. Um, and you, you also have scenarios where you have a, a single land title deed with multiple units, so very difficult. But as for the, the, the DLD data for last year, uh, you're looking at about 57% in cash and 43% uh, through mortgages. Uh, there's been a, a huge increase in cash uh, purchase interest uh, mm. over, the, over the last 12 months. But still this is nothing, right? If you look at any mature market, like as you said, the US, Europe, mortgage represents what, 90% yes. of the real estate transactions where we are under 50%. So it would be fair to say the market, the mortgage market here, it has not reached its full maturity, right? Yeah, I totally agree. There, there is a lot of scope. Uh, uh, the UAE is attracting a lot of um, individuals with with a lot of liquidity. Uh, so there has been an increase. A couple of years ago, we saw that uh, that 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 percentage tipping the other way, where mortgages represented uh, fifty five percent of of the transactions. Which it but, should be. Yeah. It should be the case, yeah. right? Yeah, and 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 I guess with the influx of people and the money coming in, we've just We've seen a lot more uh, cash activity in the market. Now, I want to pick up the conversation on the interest rate, right? So 4.3% average. Yeah. I know it varies from bank and, and mm. different conditions. A lot of people think this is a lot, right? Again, I get a lot of people saying, oh, the interest rates are very high. Should I wait? Should I not buy? But if you look back in time, and you correct if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. I think like in 2007, mm -hmm. Mortgage rates were around 7%. Yeah, even higher. Higher, right? Yeah. So we are not at all uh, even close to what the highest is being in the UAE. What, what, what was the trend? You, would you remember where does it started and what was yeah. the peak? Um, look, we we, we uh, had interest rates at, at as high as 9%. Right, uh, yes. Back in 2000, post, uh, post the crash. Sure. Um, and now interest rates have dropped last year. Uh, the three-month EBOR, uh, yes. January last year, was sitting at 0 0.29, 0 0.3%. Right. Exactly. Um, today, at 5.13%. Right. Uh, so it's certainly uh, gone up significantly. Having said that, I still think that there is huge opportunity, right? Absolutely. Because your rental yields today are still between 6 and 10%. Correct. So it makes sense, uh, and, and there is still uh, a, a decent ROI, even after paying mm -hmm. your mortgage payments. Uh, as an investor. 
So mm-hmm. if if you break down the the first time buyer, right? Because you have a first time buyer condition, then you have if you already own a property or mortgage, if you want to buy a second property, there is different conditions. So how does that play out? There is a difference between expats, UA nationals. What's what's how does that mm-hmm. work? It's a great question. So uh, Central Bank put out some guidelines uh, a few years back. So for UA nationals wanting to buy their first property, um, it's a 15% down payment with an 85% mortgage. Okay. For expats, it's a 20% down payment with an 80% mortgage. Now these, these mortgages are available for properties valued up to 5 million, right? Um, any, any purchase value above 5 million, uh, the deposit increases by 10% for both segments, right? right? So uh, UA nationals would, would be able to borrow up to 75% um, and, and put in a 25% deposit and expats at 70 with a 30% deposit. Now this is for your first primary residence. Uh, for your subsequent investment properties, you're looking at a, a 60% loan to value. It's a little bit... Um hard right i mean it's not as simple i mean again if you look at other markets you would go all the way to 95 percent or even a hundred percent mortgage and at some point i remember there was an option here as well where you could uh, do that Mm -hmm. so obviously guidelines were changed um do you foresee any change on this and giving people because 20 percent is still a lot right Mm -hmm. and hence the market's still very driven by cash and 20 percent of what's being valued not the price Uh, so maybe the price is 1 million but the valuation is 900 so this means you have to pay even more than the 20 percent practically in 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 the case certainly in the case of a down valuation um the bank would lend on whichever is lower either the purchase value or or the valuation um so yeah then you'd have to put the 20 percent of your your down valued property and uh, bridge the gap uh, yeah. between the purchase value yeah. and the valuation. Yeah. So let's yeah. break this down because I think 2%. a lot of yeah a lot of people will want to understand that when you're buying a property and mm-hmm. you sign your MOU and let's say the MOU says a million dirhams, mm-hmm. it's very important that and I think we have we did cover this uh, with uh, when we had Arash and talking about mm. legal aspects of things. You need to be aware that if you are applying for a mortgage, the bank is going to do a valuation on the property. If they think the property's worth 800,000, it doesn't matter that the contract says is a million. Yes. Right? So they're going to lend you your 80%, for example, on the 800,000, which means you need to have the 200,000 cash. So A, you have to be aware that this might happen, and B, you need to make sure that your MOU include clauses that if that happens, you have the right to withdraw without having to pay a penalty. Did I get yeah. it right? Indeed, yeah. that okay. is spot on. And I think uh, the only way to mitigate that um, down valuation is through that, uh, that clause in the contract mm-hmm. um, that allows the buyer to pull away if yeah. they're not able to meet, uh, meet the purchase requirements. What about when uh, people would um, want to cancel or pay off the mortgage? Is there any penalties that people should be aware? What, what is the process with the bank when you are settling? The early settlement, right? Yes. Well, um, it's, it's, it's now standardized, again, uh, as per uh, central bank guidelines. So um, it's either 1% or 10,000, whichever is lower, 
right? So you could have a, a mortgage of 10 million, you'd only pay 10,000 dirham to early settle that mortgage. Uh, you, if you have a mortgage of 600,000, you pay 6,000 dirhams as an example. So it's 1% or 10,000, whichever is lower. Um, there are many banks that also offer options of uh, settlement after a certain period for free uh, and allow you to make overpayments, you know, 20, 25, 30% mm -hmm. overpayments per year, um, which reduces your liability without any penalties. Right. I want to go back to the pre-approval. Mm. So what what is the process of pre-approval? Does it take time? And does it mean always that this is exactly what's going to happen or things may change in between? So a pre-approval is effectively a guarantee uh, for finance, right, okay. from the bank, subject to the valuation taking place and subject to the individual circumstances not changing, right? So mm -hmm. the process is, is fairly straightforward. Uh, once you identify the right mortgage product, You've got to complete uh, a bank-related application form, supply relevant uh, application-related documentation, uh, which includes your identity, income-related documents. <clears throat> and then it, it generally takes three to five working days for, for an employed applicant mm -hmm. uh, and about seven to ten working days for a self-employed applicant. Um, worth mentioning right now a lot of the banks are going towards digitization right mm -hmm. so we've seen a few banks as we speak introduce some digital solutions for mortgage pre-approvals where you're able to get a pre-approval within one to three hours mm -hmm. um, so we're we're heading in the right direction but when they give you a pre-approval in three hours do they take it back later no. Um, I've seen cases. It's too, it's too quick. And then they always, oh, it's missing this paper, it's missing the document. Well, um, it's, it's a pre-approval based on the information you've provided. And then, of course, subsequent um, uh, to the process, if, if the documents don't match with the information you've provided at outset, then it can, it can be a problem. Initially, when these digital solutions were uh, introduced, uh, we had uh, you know, banks who, who were not looking at the credit bureau report at mm -hmm. outset. So you'd get a pre-approval subject to credit bureau, and then you go down the line, uh, and, and then you know, surprise, uh, surprise on, on the credit bureau, mm -hmm. which, which then, then uh, impacts the ability for, for one to get a mortgage. Um, but you know, the, 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 that, that digital solution is advancing nicely. Uh, a lot of the solutions now include Al Etihad Credit Bureau, as well as um, you know FTS, which is the bank statements from central banks. So I think things are getting a lot better. Like I say, we're certainly mm -hmm. heading in the right direction. And how does the credit work? I think that's another, I think, as you yeah. said, I think people have negative credit ratings and they don't even know how and why. What mm. would uh, constitute you uh, getting awarded on some negative points? Well, I think uh, the, the, the most important factor is uh, the way you conduct your uh, finances, your liabilities, right? So um, if, you, if you miss mortgage payments or, for that matter, credit card, personal loans, auto loans, uh, defaults, um, this will have a high impact, mm. negative impact on your credit bureau report, uh, which will then uh, hinder your ability to, to get mortgages in the future. But when you say you delay your payment, are you saying that it gets flagged after three days or after a week? Is there like a, you know, sometimes people forget mm. and they will pay the next day. Would that next day cause a massive problem for them or? Yeah, I mean, normally the the, um, the mortgages are on a standing order, so mm -hmm. they go out on the sure. day they're supposed to go out. Uh, but 
if you miss one month's mortgage payment one and you month. don't make it up, then that okay. certainly reflects. So would the bank here. need to then file or is something automated? Would they file that you haven't paid and therefore you get a negative credit or or is something that is automated? No, so the banks have systems that notify the credit bureau right. that there is a mispayment mm. on a liability, okay. uh, which then the credit bureau takes up and reflects on the mm. on the bureau report. What about utilities? Like if you don't pay a DUR or is that also reflected? Yes, uh, now um, they're oh, including utilities as well. So, you know, it's just your ent- overall entire conduct, financial oh. conduct, that okay. that impacts your credit bureau. So now, I need the, to watch for that, yeah. No, absolutely. And and also when you buy, and I think, I think I'm going to, as head of a broker channel, I'm sure brokers would say that before you go on viewings, get your pre-approval done. Indeed. Do you think that's the right thing or people should go look for a property, uh, zone in on a property and then apply for the pre-approval or they should first understand what's their abilities and then go and look for a property that fits that criteria. Which one? The chicken and egg. Who it's, comes first? It's, it's a great question. <laughs> I, I, I guess, look, we, we are in a, in a seller's market today, right? Yes. So when there are good deals in the market, they don't, they don't sit around. Yes. Uh, they will get snapped up. There's plenty of buyers out there. So we, we do recommend that you get your pre-approval before you commit to your, your, your purchase contract, which is super important. Um, because if, if you, you, you commit to the purchase contract and then are not able to get finance, yes. you could risk default uh, mm-hmm. there. So it's always wise to, to get your mortgage pre-approval in place. The pre-approval has generally a validity of 30 to 45 days. Plenty of time, yeah. It's a good time to go and, and shop, I guess. Mm. What are the scenarios that may disqualify you from getting a mortgage here in the UAE? So there, 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 there are a few. Um, one of them being negative credit okay. uh, credit history, I guess, um, because not only mortgages, but that will uh, hinder your ability to get any kind of, of you know mm-hmm. even unsecured loans in the in the future. Um, there are there are certain let, let's look at employed and self-employed let's look at mm. those segments for employed uh, applicants there are certain high-risk industries mm. that the banks restrict uh, such as gold and diamond as an yeah. example any uh, any employment where it's commission only uh, could mm. be tricky with the banks okay. for self-employed uh, you've got to have a minimum trading history of at least one year uh, it's just not, if it's less than one year, it's just not enough to assess your affordability. Okay. Um, and I guess the, 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 the final one being, um, you know, non-residents who, yeah. who come from uh, sanctioned countries, mm-hmm. unfortunately, uh, those are still restricted. I mean, on non-residents, because we have a question on that. So yes. non-residents in general, there are certain restrictions, right? Is it easy as a non-resident to get a mortgage from, to start with? Well, I, I, I think uh, really it's, it's become a lot easier over the last couple oh, okay. of years. Um, so non-residents generally require a, a 25 to 40% down payment or deposit. Okay. Um, but there are a, a couple of banks in the market that have introduced these low dock policy mortgages mm. where it, it just becomes a, a lot more, it, it's a lot easier to accommodate non-residents. A lot of the non-residents with different tax, uh, you know, rules in, in their own jurisdictions, um, it, it, can, it can get a little bit tricky, but with these low dock policies now, 
you know, it's, it's, it's minimal documentation and you can borrow up to 60%. So all the banks giving non-residents or only few banks? No, it's, it's limited to a few of the banks. More of international banks, right? No, not necessarily. Um, you know, HSBC, uh, okay. International Bank, is, is certainly offering non-resident mortgages. You've got a, a few local banks uh, offering non-resident, uh, you know, CBD is offering, uh, Rack Bank, Emirates MBD, etc. Okay. What about off-plan mortgage, right? We don't talk, we talk about, we're talking so far about mm. something that is ready, um, but a lot of people are buying off-plan, but when, you, you know, when they reach the 50%, they feel like they need some aid. And again, the developers are getting more aggressive, asking 70, 80% before handover. Mm -hmm. So is there any facility that people can, at certain milestones of the payment plan, secure finance during off-plan? Yes. Um, so just going back uh, a little bit, you know, Central Bank has a guideline where in order to finance off-plan property, excuse me, uh, in order to finance off-plan properties, clients must make the first 50% before the banks can finance mm -hmm. the balance 50%, right? Okay. Now, this opportunity has been very, very limited over the last few years, simply because, of course, a lot of the, the payment plans were heavy on the back end. Mm -hmm. So, for example, you pay 20 or, or 40% during construction and 60 or 80% on handover. So, the under-construction finance play just doesn't come in, yeah, right? Sure. Um, now, like you say, Cecilia, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's it's now changing yes. where uh, it's more heavy on the front end. Mm -hmm. uh, so we believe that the opportunities uh, for under construction finance will only increase in the coming years. Um, today, you're looking at interest rates at around about 7%. Oh, so it's higher. higher than Why? Because it's riskier, yeah? Well, uh, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it, the pricing is generally based on, uh, on risk. Mm. Well, but at least the opportunity is yeah. there. If people are struggling rather than getting to default with a developer, it's yeah. it's an option, right? Yeah, but we see a lot of developers are actually becoming more flexible. Like they make the payment post-construction. So that you mean they give you a payment plan in an easy way. So you cover 50% and then the property is ready. Then after it's ready, you have more chance now to mortgage it as an existing property, right? Yeah, rather yeah. than an off-plan. Indeed. So, you know, the, the, the payment plans that are um, post-handover payment plans, in order to, to get a mortgage on, on these type of uh, properties, uh, you must uh, prepay mm. the post-handover uh, payment plan mm. at the time of handover. It gets more complicated yeah. in this yeah. case, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, it, it, I wouldn't say it's too complicated. I, I, I guess the, the processes are very similar. It's just, uh, in fact, some developers are also willing to negotiate and, and, and give some discounts mm. for prepayment on handover, mm. particularly on those post-handover payment plans. Um, but no, th that is quite common. Mm -hmm. Sawan, so to conclude, you mentioned that you still think the inter current mm. interest rates are as good as you can get. You obviously hear that, that we are expecting still further increase um, on interest rates. And then they will go. Suddenly, they're going to stop to increase and go back to certain levels. What, what is what's the landscape looking like over the next twelve months? Should people wait? Should they go for it? So, well, look, you know, uh, we are uh, pegged uh, to the U.S. dollar, obviously. So every time the Fed ra raises their interest rates, our interest rates go up. Um, the anticipation is that we are now coming towards the peak 
of mm. interest rates. Um, they should flatten out over the next sort of six to 12 months. And then we should start to see a, a decline in interest rates. There are many uh, economic uh, global factors that that play part to, to how interest rates move. Um, so it's, 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 it's anyone's uh, guess. But mm. um, as of today, the guess is um, that it will stable out over the next six to 12 months and then start dropping. Mm -hmm. If there is any advice you give for people who are looking for mortgage do's and not to do, what will be these things? I mean, briefly. Well, I think the first thing, um, I think a couple of uh, bits of advice there. Uh, first is, you know, try and work with a mortgage intermediary. This is important mm -hmm. because they can they can uh, scour through hundreds of mortgage products and, and give you the best mortgage product for your circumstances, right? So this is this is important rather than going to, you know, we have mm -hmm. a number of banks here. So going into each bank is, is, is a time waste. A lot of the, the intermediaries also get exclusive mortgage products on the back of the volume business that they do with the banks. So they will waive some of the fees and, mm. you know? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and um, the, the, the other thing I would suggest is, look, when you're looking at a mortgage product, uh, the four main aspects of a mortgage product, it's, it's not only the interest rate. The lowest interest rate is not always the best mortgage. True. All right? So uh, the four most important aspects of a mortgage to look at is your initial mortgage interest rate. It could be a fixed or a variable. If it's a fixed, look at your follow-on rate or your revert rate. Uh, mortgages are medium to long-term commitments, so important that you get a good rate throughout the mortgage period, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and, and this is a good one. Sometimes yeah, the bank gives you a great rate for year one, and, and then, then, whoops, year <laughs> two, exactly. <laughs> you have a problem. This is really a good advice, by the way. Yeah, and then, and then the third, look, you know there there are certain costs associated with the, with with the mortgage right so your your processing fees your valuation fees your insurance you know life and property insurance now, there's no point having a, a a real low interest rate with really high costs so so it's important that you also take the costs into consideration when you're doing a cost analysis and then the final thing to look at is is the flexibility in the uh, on the back end, like you mentioned uh, earlier, Cecilia. Um, you know, if you wanted to make overpayments, if you wanted to sell your property, what are the penalties on the back end? Mm -hmm. So all of all, all four aspects make up the mortgage product. Someone was such a great. I wish you had more time because yeah. I still have another ten questions. But uh, <laughs> we'll get him uh, another time. Yeah, definitely, we're gonna have to do a follow up. So thank you for coming to the podcast, Ethan, and, and I hope people really enjoy. Uh, today's episode. Thank, thank you so you much. So much well, for thank you time. for having me, guys. Very thank informative. You. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Real Estate Modulus podcast. We hope you found this episode informative and insightful. If you have any questions or feedback, please feel free to reach out to us.